Welcome to the Baby Monitor. The episode you're about to hear happens directly after the date incident in episode 10, so if for some reason you're listening to this out of sequence, don't. Go back, listen to episode 10. Here we go. Act 2, episode 11. Now they are sitting in the hallway outside the nursery. They put Asher in his crib. They stood by his side as a therapist once suggested, touching and stroking him, soothing him without lifting him, trying to teach him he did not need to fear sleep. Eventually, the baby's eyes closed and his breathing became regular. Lissa told her husband she'd get him a drink, but she didn't have the energy to mix cherries and oranges and Angostura bitters, and when she arrives at the top of the stairs, what she is holding is two rocks glasses full of bourbon. And now they're sitting on their butts, their legs propped up on the walls, heroic guardians at the entrance to the nursery, pathetic stress cases, drinking on the floor. There's something I need to tell you I didn't tell you at dinner, and I don't want you to get mad. Richard looks at Lissa and thinks how easy it is for him to make her this promise. Has he ever been mad at her? Not really. He doesn't get mad. It feels like a character flaw to him. He just keeps plowing forward, every act forgotten in concert with its execution. He nods. It's two things, really. Two things, Richard says. Asher got kicked out of daycare. Richard observes the liquid in his glass. Oh, fuck. Yesterday, Lissa continues. Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. I was too tired to process. Well, what'd you do with him? Did you call in or... No, I brought him to work with me. All day? Yeah, that's the other thing I need to tell you. I quit. Richard does not speak or even look at her. She continues, I couldn't. I I thought I could, but I couldn't make it work. Lissa thinks about the moment Asher crawled underneath the coloring chemicals. The time his fists found the shears. The time she took him out to the car and let him sleep there and spent the next hour terrified the cops were going to walk in and arrest her for being a negligent monster. But what was she supposed to do? She just says, You subtract daycare from what I make, subtract taxes, it doesn't really make sense for me to work anyway. I have plenty of clients, I have people I could call, I could start cutting again. Richard replies, yeah, accept the health insurance, accept the mortgage, except in five years when he goes to school and you don't have a career. It's not the money, Lissa. Now Lissa's not sure what route to take. Get angry? Ask for forgiveness? Do something wifely? Kiss his neck? Storm into the bedroom and slam the door. She looks down the hallway at it, and Richard looks too and sees there is only a hole where the handle should be. Holy shit, he says. What happened to the door? I don't know. It was locked. Asher was in there. I I had to break in, Richard. Richard scoots his back up the wall, trusting in this new house to help him stand. He pushes off, stumbles into the bedroom. Lissa hears rustling and drawers opening and closing, and when Richard comes out, he's wearing sweatpants and nothing else, and she can see, not anger exactly, but a frustration that flushes blood to his cheeks. Where's my sweatshirt? He says. She blinks. She quit her job and destroyed the door, and this is what he wants to know? She says, what? My favorite sweatshirt that you always steal, where is it? 
I, I don't know. I washed it. Well, then where is it? In the hamper? It's not in the hamper, Lissa. Don't call me Lissa. Don't lose my sweatshirt. Richard, who cares about the sweatshirt? He looms tall in the doorframe. I do. It's my stuff. She puts down her drink and swivels onto her hands and knees and she looks like a cat, teeth bared, back stiff as she attacks. You're the one who wrecked the car and didn't tell me. Now Richard feels a cold draft. It comes from the nursery. Comes tumbling down the hallway over Lissa. Richard's skin had been boiling over, but now it pulls tight. And Lissa presses. Don't think I didn't notice. It, it was just a fender bender. Yeah, well, a new fender is going to cost more than a stupid sweatshirt. Lissa stands up, her back to Asher's door. At the other end of the hallway, Richard, 18 feet and a mass of cold air separate them. And then Asher cries. And there is no one for them to blame. No too quiet house. No self-locking doors. Just two adults who are supposed to be parents yelling at each other right outside their baby's room. Lissa makes an animal sound and spits. She's going to the couch. She stalks down the stairs without another word. Richard walks the 18 feet into the nursery and lifts Asher, holds him tight against his bare chest. He carries him into the master bedroom and places him in the middle of the bed and wishes he could lock the door, although he never has before. Richard slides under the covers next to his boy and buries himself deep, catching the edge of the mattress with his toes and pulling, pulling himself down, settling in so he can be wrapped in the blankets while his child still has space to squirm and room to breathe. There will be a last time that Asher sleeps with Richard, a night that, once passed, will never come again. And this may not be that night, but still Richard takes deep breaths and reminds himself, someday I will miss this. Thanks for listening to episode 11 of The Baby Monitor, a podcast of family horrors. If you've been enjoying this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, wherever you're listening to it, please, please take a second to go back and rate it to help other people find it as well. There are just six episodes left in The Baby Monitor, a podcast of family horrors.